Okay, good morning everybody. Today is July 21st. I'll pause. Okay, so back. So, uh, yeah, you know, when you grow up with people, you know, you, you never forget their birthday. You know, all your little friends, you know all their birthdays. So, yeah. No, 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 it's not on my phone. It's in my head. I know. Yeah, it's going for you. So, yeah, 21st. Then, so. you, had okay. to, you had to put it in your phone. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, so, right, 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 right. Okay. So, um, we are on page 70. Close. Page 70. Well, we'll see if we finish in time, but if we finish, well, uh, we'll come up with something else. Don't worry. Topics never end. All right. So now we're going to talk a little bit about uh, when it comes to dispersing some of my staka, and I have an option to give staka to a kolel or to an elementary school. Elementary school. Who goes first? Someone that is an adult that's going to learn Torah all day, or a little kid who's not obligated even Let him right, do what to do the mitzvot. Says, work but I'm going to put my money down. Where, where does it go? Where, who takes precedence? The little kid. Yeah, the little kid? You say little kid. What does okay. Bam say? Work eight hours, sleep eight hours, yeah. learn eight hours. Yeah. He, he, he worked, he worked uh, maybe more than eight hours. Than yeah. I don't know if he even slept eight hours. I don't think he slept, but that's what he says for the yeah, regular person. Yeah, yeah, Okay, so here we go. Hamalad dola shebetzdakah ha'izkat almut Torah. So one of the top levels of giving tzedakah is uh, supporting Torah. Who have sakah l'na'arim to children, and l'na'arim is uh, young adults, or yoshvei bet ha'midrash, that's a kolel guy. K'day shuchlu l'almut Torah, Included in that, this is a book that's called Tzedakah Umishpat. It was written by um, a rabbi that was by the name of Rabbi Yaakov Yeshaya Halevi. He lived, he, 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 he wrote it in the 70s. It's one of the go-to Tzedakah books. He wrote it in the 70s. <clears throat> does he does he preempt this by saying Aniim or something? So you're gonna see now on the the, the, the footnotes on the bottom. Look what he says. Okay, so look on the left hand column first on the bottom. Bishut Mahari Asad. Okay, he says Katav Shahazakat Talmidecha Chamim Gedolim Adifa Meachzakat Talmidecha Chamim Lutinokot Shel Bet Rabban. So first he writes over there that it, the older people that are learning Torah Talmidecha Chamim take precedence over the little kids. What he says, Shagdulim, why Mitsuvim Vaamilim Batura. The adults are obligated and they're doing what they're obligated to do. Masha Enkentino Kochel Betra Ban, the little kids, La Bene Mitzvaninu. They're not obligated in mitzvot yet, they're little kids. So I have a choice to give to the big or the big the small. Says Mahari Asad. Early, 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 early. He's like in the twelve hundreds, thirteen hundreds. He says, it's better to give to the adults. However, he says, She brings proofs, fine. Omnam, however, he says, The later rabbis, says, says, Most of the later rabbis actually say the opposite, like Soli says. He wrote openly over there, So, Kolel or elementary school, elementary school. All the later Ahronim <clears throat> all come down on the side that the kids are more important. Which makes sense, personally, if you think about it for a minute. The adult is already involved in Torah. It's good to help him also, but if I have limited resources again, and I have a choice between one or two. You'll never have them as an adult. Exactly. If you don't teach the little ones, so what happens to the next generation? It's over. It's over. 
Right, so the, gen- the next generation. No more than me. I mean, right, but, okay, but the, the reality is, we had a our community had a gap. We had a gap when we when we left when we left and came over from the other country, especially your age, your age, your age. The other the other the other regular as well as we had way before us. But you came in the fifties and sixties when, when the other Egyptians came. So there's a gap. There's a generational gap where the, the grandparents, your parents, knew more than you. And your kids know more than you, and you're in the in, you're in this middle in the middle gap. Yeah, and it happened to them also when they came earlier in the in the 30s and 40s. Like they came in the 20s, the guys that, that were in. so they, that great that came. But the first generation was born in America also until they got back to yeshivas and schools and this and that. There was a generational gap. It happened, and we're, we're one of the few communities that was actually to, able to reverse it. Right, a lot of them when they came over and they had this guy, and that was it. It just got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. We actually have kids that know more than parents and grandparents, right? Because they, they because because they didn't assimilate and because they were they had the foresight to open the schools that we right that, that we first of all we fell into a community that was there was one or two already but Mag and David was the, was the savior of this community no question about it when they opened Mag and David that was the, that was the that was the, that was it we were able to go reverse our you know our thing and now Baruch Hashem there's no question about where we're heading so thank God that's great so he says I have an option I have two, I have big or little little okay shoot Igrot Moshe that's what Moshe Feinstein wrote. Wild question. We have we we're open in a community. We have an option. We have to build. We have to build an elementary school or a mikveh. We don't have money for both. Which one do we build? Okay. Well, if you don't build the mikveh, why next? Can have the kids exactly. So, so he says first. That's what he says. He says. You have, you have to build both. He says, if the mikveh is close, which he says, a day or two travel is close, wow. yeah. then build the school. Wow. And if it's further than that, where it's going to uh, cause people to not be able to go to the mikveh and have relations with them, then build the mikveh. But otherwise, a day or two travel, build the school first. That's what he says. So you can see what kind of, uh, you know, giving to the elementary schools that we have now, even in the high schools for that matter, I mean, you know, over, over um, you know, other kolels, Baruch Hashem, we need them too, but the kolels, even outside of, the, of our community and other places, our elementary schools take precedence. It's not even a question. It's not even a question. It's not a question. Okay. So now, Tamu Torah is actually takes precedence over taking care of the Ani also. Okay, well, what does that mean? Obviously, I don't have enough to give both. Ubalish only comes to ask, listen, I have $300 in my staka account. I want to disperse it. Should I give it to a poor family or should I give it to uh, the issue, to, to Magadavid? He says, Omrim Torah. Give it to the Torah first. Again, we're not talking about a scenario where he's not here today. The scenario where the Ani needs the food, right? If he needs the food, or we're talking about, you know, Pidyon Shuim or one of these type of things. No, the guy's just a poor family. They need some assistance, right? So what goes first? The school goes first. Again, this is going against the Torah. Why is it? Whole, because the whole Ma'asir that we came from yeah. is from Ma'asir to Vuad that you give to Ani. That's yeah, no, Ma'asir Ani, Ma'asir Ani came. Yes, yes. So he's going against the no, Torah. Why is it against the Torah? Because the, the Ma'asir that we give today that we have a Minhag from mm-hmm. came from the Ma'asir to Vuad. To give to the Ani. Yes. So it is going directly against the Torah. No, we, 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 yes. we learned the Pesukah. Okay, again, it's the same concept as. You don't, you don't tell the Mag and David to come and take from my field. Let's say you have no money, you have a field. Good. And you're leaving 10% for, for, for the Aniim. You tell Mag and David, Boy, uh, Jeffrey, come take the Tevu'ah before the Aniim. You don't do that. Before me, why are you Jeffrey? He was there before you, right? 
He's so happy to be out. He's throwing it on you. He's like, I'm out of here. Right, right, right. He's fighting for like that. He's gone. He's fighting against it. That's just that doesn't make sense. It makes sense. Think about it. Right, right. So there's the but there's there's Maaser Ani and there's Maaser there's Maaser there's Maaser to Maaser Ani, not Maaser the regular Maaser. Maaser regular Maaser goes to Levi, but Maaser Ani was said as by the Levi is teaching the teaching Torah. Okay, the, okay, okay. There we go. Soli saves the day. Okay, the, dav, uh, the, the other Soli, the other Soli. We're two Soli's back to back, head to head. Okay, so now he says when we say that the Torah, but here you go, because when you say that Torah takes precedence over the Ani, he says that's only if the uh, if the if the Ani is not your relative. If the Ani is your relative, then he even trumps the, the Torah learning. You give to your relative first, All right? So if the Ani versus the Yeshiva. And the Ani is a cousin, a brother, or whatever. The Ani, the Ani goes first, for sure. We're all cousins and brothers. Okay, so then, so then fine. Are, are, you, are, you, are we doing what we should be doing? We're not. You're right. We're all cousins and brothers, but we're not helping our cousins and our brothers. We're not. Maybe some people are, or whatever, but not to the level they should be. For sure not. We're giving each other places, and we're ignoring the family, and we're ignoring the locals, and we're ignoring. We're ignoring. ignoring. I'm sorry. I don't want to say too much, but it's enough. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. 72. The people that are in charge of this town, or maybe the shul committee members, right? They're obligated not to worry about not just the, the you know, Siddhaka funds, but all things that the city needs. Other books, there has to be a library, people could learn. They have to hire a rabbi, you have to hire a teacher, you have to hire a hazan, all those come out at Siddhaka. Right? You have to hire the, the, the teachers for the schools. Okay, fine. And we can put them in there. And mikveh, those are all obligations of the communities. And all that money can come from staka. And the farnes harav mikisa stakado. The rabbi, you shouldn't pay out of the staka fund. Separate collection. Uh, an individual wants to give something to the rabbi on the side, he can give it to him as, as from his tzedakah money. So the tzedakah money they're collecting, let's say, if you're collecting for the shul, so that's all the expense of the shul. That includes the rabbi's salary or whatever it is. Right? But if it's a general staka fund for the community, which you're talking about, we're collecting for the schools and the food and the anim and this and that, the rabbi's salary shouldn't come out of there. It should come out from somewhere else. Okay, so then. All right, now we're going to go back to uh, a little bit of uh, how I should, when I decide that I'm going to accept this, this minhag of doing staka, um, what I should do. Are there some prerequisites that I should think about, some qualifications I should put in in order to be able to be a little more flexible with how I'm going to disperse my staka, right? We want to talk about a few things about how I, how if I say certain things, I'm going to obligate it certain ways. So this is the, uh, this is the Chafetz Chaim is going to give us advice on how to um, set myself up with the proper scenarios so that I can be a little bit more flexible when I'm dispersing my staka. Okay? So he says, The way to behave. When the person wants to accept upon this minhag in the beginning, he should lay down some conditions. Right, you should behave as follows. I can get rid of all kinds of issues that might arise. Number one. Number one, that's the first thing people don't realize is that anytime you're going to accept upon this yourself some staka, you should always say Bili Neder. doesn't mean that you're not obligating yourself. It means you're not obligating yourself through a vow. 
Okay? Because vows are very serious. We treat them as nothing, but we, we don't realize how serious a vow is. It's, it, it's potentially uh, potentially life-threatening. I don't want to go, but potentially. So you should say this before Dangerous. And not before Shana, you could say it in advance. You could say it once for the whole year that I'm everything saying, I'm going to say, yeah. or, even, or even forever. Anytime I'm going to be say that I'm going to donate XYZ, it's going to be believed in Okay? Why? You don't want to get into problems of vows. Number two, he says what you should have is some kind of separate notebook or in a, a file or an account somewhere. I'm going to write down all my prophets. She has mean Hashem that Hashem is going to send you after you've, you know, meaning net profits. After my expenses, I'll be able to calculate what I have. He says, Either every six months or every year, you pick yourself a fiscal year end. Okay? If in, along the way you had a loss over there, you can deduct it from your, from your profits, like we said earlier. I'm allowed to offset as long as I'm creating a fiscal year, and this is where I'm going to ca- calculate myself. All the profits and losses get netted out, and whatever's left after Motar, then I want to take 10% of that number that's left over for charity. And I'm going to, again, deduct as I disperse for my stock account. I deduct for myself how much I've given already. I'm keeping an accounting. I can include in there things that I give out to Anim if they knock on the door, whatever the story is. Even the dollar in the shul. Every, everything counts. What's the you can deduct the if you have a net, you're giving your net. What is the fiducia? The chidush was the, if 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 I set up myself with a fiscal year end. But some people, let's say that they, they, they want to give sedakah monthly, and they calculate this month and they had a profit this month, and next month they have a loss. So now, what happens that next month, the month after, when I have a profit again? Can I deduct that number or not? If you're if you're a monthly, 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 monthly guy, the answer is no. Tough luck. That month you didn't give stakah, but the next year you can't offset the lo- next month. I can't offset the loss. I can only do that when I have a fiscal year. Yeah, when I have a fiscal year. Okay, or if, whatever, whatever my accounting is, however my whatever time frame I choose. Okay. What happens now? I'm giving and giving, giving, and I'm deducting. And all of a sudden, I come to a negative number. I, I gave over more than I had that I had in my stock account. Now I've dispersed more stock than my maaser equaled. Right. So now my my uh, my column has a negative number. This is the other way around. If I have too much now, I don't have an available yet. Okay, when I, made a mis- I, I, I meant uh, when I go under, that's the next one over here. So I have, I giving, 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 and now I'm coming to my fiscal year end, and I see that I actually have, I, I have too much. I didn't give it all out. I have leftovers sitting in my JCF account. Yeah. So he says, but you know what? He says, I don't have anybody in front of me now that, uh, that I want to give it to. I don't have anybody available now. There's no, there's no Ani in front of me. There's no school that I want to give it to, whatever the story is. And uh, I'm allowed to hold on to it. I don't, I don't have to disperse them immediately. Guess what? I can actually use those funds temporarily if I need to. And when it comes, uh, then I'll give it to them. Okay? I can give it to them. No problem. So I can actually hold on to a little bit if I need to. This is where I went negative. I've given more stakah that I've made of, of, my, of my profits. 
Some say I can deduct it the following year. Some say, you know, better not to. What's your fiscal year end? Is your fiscal year end? And if you went over, so you, you, you want to tell Hashem, I want the mitzvah back? I gave too much daka, give me back the money? Uh, if it went, you'll get it back, don't worry. So what you should do, he says at the beginning, is when you make this condition that you're going to give staka, you want to accept this mitzvah, this minag of giving ma'asir annually, you should make a condition, right, that I can give the money to staka on the condition that I could, if I end up going over, I would be allowed in the future to take it back. You should do that in advance, not after it already happened, but in advance. If I end up giving more, so then I'll take it back later on. If you do it in advance, then it's much better. Okay, I will stop here today.